Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick, end jump, Crabtree, broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game! When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're gonna get! Don't you ever talk about me! L.O.B. He wants to get in the fight, you can't do that! The quarterback, you can't fight! All right, you're very welcome along to the Off The Ball NFL pod. As ever, we have uh, Kian and Sam with us. Mick is here too. Glad you're all very welcome. Thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, how's it going? Um, the death of the quarterback. That's what we were witnessing <laughs> last week. It was uh, So obviously, we, we will talk about Aaron Rodgers in a moment, but that's the end of Peyton Manning, right, Sam? That's it now. We're never going to see him. He came on. He got his four yards. Yeah. He got his record. He went, thanks very much. Oh, maybe I can still do this. Turns out you can't. He was pretty lucky to get the four yards the way the rest of the game went. Um, the, the injury that it turns out that he's got, I think it's a, it, there's a very real possibility that was the end of Peyton Manning. Um, he's got a, a torn plantar fascia, whatever it's called, on his foot, which, from my understanding of it from people that have had the injuries in the past, is not something that goes away just from a few weeks rest. That's the kind of thing that, that's going to require fixing, that's going to require a whole offseason. And almost whatever happens, this would appear to be Peyton Manning's last year. So I think Denver have to sit him down now and see if they can somehow ride through the rest of the season with Osweiler and hope that a good extended period of rest fixes that. But I think there's a very real chance that's ended Manning's career, whether directly in that we never see him again game-wise or we'll just never see a guy capable of playing particularly well again. I think that's probably him gone. When you say um, a good sustained period of rest, you're talking about the following season or are you talking about maybe the end or middle of January? No, I'm talking about I wouldn't put him back in the rest of this regular season unless you need to to win a game. If we don't put him back in, we're not making the playoffs at all. I think you just sit him down, you see death, you see if you can get to the playoffs with Osweiler, even if it's a case of getting in through a wild card spot as opposed to winning the division, and you hope that that amount of rest is going to be enough for Peyton Money to come back in January and take the team to a higher level than Osweiler can. Kian, the, the thing about this team is that um, they do, or at least they certainly always had the appearance of having a lot of weapons over the last number of seasons. Now, Okay, so Julius Thomas is gone, but the rest of the weapons that are available there should still be enough for a medium-level quarterback to win a lot of games, right? Well, it was always the focus on the weapons, but as we we often talked about here, especially ahead of the Super Bowl when they lost to the Seahawks, the offensive line has never been very good, and it's probably at its worst point now than it's been since Manning got there. So you, you saw that even with Osweiler on the field, the offensive line was still collapsing in on him. And he, he was kind of being forced to... He uses athleticism a little bit, but he was being forced to do things he isn't really able to do. I think we'll see Manning back again in a couple of weeks because I don't think Osweiler is going to be a good player. I just don't rate him from what I saw in the draft, from what I've seen uh, when, when he's played in the preseason and, and in little bits of regular season. Although you can't really gauge that too much. And the problem for Osweiler is he's going into this situation where he can't really rely on his offensive line to protect him well. So he, he, they can't just run the ball. They can't just have him do simple things. He has to come in and be a pretty good quarterback. But I, I think Sam is kind of being a bit too ambitious to the idea that they can still get to the playoffs resting him for the rest of the regular season. 
Because if you look at their schedule, they've got the Bears next week who have looked pretty good lately with Jay Cutler. They've got the Patriots. They've got, obviously who are the Patriots. They've got the Chargers who aren't a good team this year, but Philip Rivers is still going to give them a chance. And they've got the Raiders, the Steelers, the Bengals, and then the Chargers again. I don't see many easy wins there with a guy like Bosweiler under centre. There's not even easy wins there with Manning under centre. And the Chiefs are on a run. That's the problem, though, is I think it's, it's not even a case of you can sit back and, and kind of cruise in. It's a case of Manning playing the way he is can't win games, can't even come close to winning games. So your only hope for this season not to be a total write-off is to sit him down and hope that Osweiler can get enough done to make the playoffs. Otherwise, you might as well pack everything up and, and come back next year because the season's done, whatever you did. Yeah, but they've got this amazing defence. Like three weeks ago, we were talking about the 85 Bears and the, the Raiders from the, like, the turn of the millennium. You're like, where did that disappear to in two weeks? I don't think it's it's gone anywhere. I mean, it, it's not playing at the level it was. It's still a very good defense. Uh, they were missing a couple of guys. They were missing uh, DeMarcus Ware in that game. They were missing Aqib Tlaib, one of their top corners. And it's not so much who comes in to replace Tlaib, though Roby didn't have a great game against Kansas City. It's more the third guy that comes in. So Kayvon Webster becomes a bit of a liability there. They still have two very good corners, even without Tlaib but there's now a weak link on that defense. I think the defense is still good, and they do have weapons. I just, I, the, Peyton Manning playing, that's the worst I've ever seen a quarterback play. Almost <laughs> worse than anybody. You know, that's worse than Jamarcus Russell. It's worse than any draft bust you care to mention. So unless he gets healthy, there's no point in putting him out there. Before we move off Peyton, can I talk about the on-field celebration for his three yards? <laughs> like I remember, I remember that Brett Favre got the touchdown record, and the game nearly stopped for half an hour, and it was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. This was even at least that was a touchdown. This was like they were in third and eight or something like that, and he broke the record. And they something. Now, in fairness, he looked a bit sheepish about it. But you know all the things you have to deal with when you're an NFL fan in this part of the world, and people talk to you about ad breaks and they talk to you about stupid things like padding and stuff like that. And you always have something to defend yourself with. This is the kind of thing that doesn't help. Stopping a game for somebody to get a record in the middle of a play and just start and wave the ball around, give it to somebody. The commentators focus on it for half an hour, then you go back to it. They were losing 19-0 or something like that. They were having one of the worst games I've ever seen a team play. They were absolutely getting destroyed. He couldn't throw the ball for those three yards for like half the game. And yeah, then he finally uh, did, and let's have a big celebration. I was hoping that he lose yardage on the next throw and he'd have to break it again. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Uh, but you're, you're a slave to the cult of the now, Mick. In context, in 20 years' time, there's going to be footage of him that the NFL will always have and that Denver will always have. Yeah, and The NFL they, really wanted that footage. And that Manning will always have of him setting this really quite remarkable record. Oh, it, it is a remarkable record, but like, come on, you're playing a game here. You're, getting, you're at home against one of your division rivals, getting absolutely hammered. Your career is falling apart around you like you're having the worst game you've ever seen. He threw, a t- he threw an interception um, about 15 minutes before that that I'd say was 15 yards short of where you tried to throw the ball it was um, it just seemed a bit unseemly to me or something like that maybe I'm just a old cynic he's, he's in right what, what you need is red zone <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the, see the late afternoon games you end up seeing every single play of every single game because there's only two of them <laughs> on at a time He's uh, in very good company, though, in terms of meltdowns. The, the Packers at the moment uh, look a bit like a pub team, would be how you describe them in this part of the world. Um, what's going on here? How, how come suddenly they're losing games at Lambeau when at the start of the year, at the start of the season, he was like, oh, he's never thrown an interception at Lambeau. It's like this guy's, you know, he's, he's 
ice cold to go with the weather, something, something, cheese, something, something, unbelievable stuff. And now, here they are completely, even though the Lions did absolutely everything within their power to gift them the game twice or three times. What happened here, Keen? Well, I'm kind of amazed that everyone's, like, actually, I'm not really amazed. It's just annoying a little bit. Everyone's decided, no, that Aaron Rodgers isn't as good. Not everyone, but I'm getting a lot of people saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers is playing poorly. Aaron Rodgers is overrated and all this kind of nonsense, which is kind of what we default to with quarterbacks. But to, to me, it's pretty simple. It's pretty obvious. They lost their second best player in Jory Nelson, a guy who was one of the best five receivers in the league, a guy who they're trying to replace him with, a guy called Devante Adams, who is... Just not not a good receiver, in my opinion. He can't separate. He can't consistently make contested catches. So Rodgers is throwing to him. Rodgers threw to him, I think, 21 times last week. 70 yards. Caught, yeah, and he caught, ten, I think it was 10 passes, and he dropped, I would say, five or failed to catch five. Maybe and he's dropped. a head case. Yeah, and, and you, you, they've kind of, well, to me, it's more of a testament to how good Rodgers is that they've got to the, this point in the year and been pretty good overall. And the last couple of weeks is more what you'd kind of expect them to look like because... Losing Nelson wasn't the only thing. Eddie Lacy has been a disaster all year, and he's not—he's just not himself. So Eddie Lacy was arguably the third most important player. I know some of the offensive linemen may be actually better than him, but Lacy was kind of the, ter- the third most important player behind Nelson and Rodgers because he was hugely important for the running game. And without the running game, like James Starks is good for a big play, but he kind of—he leaves a lot of yards on the field as well, so he can't really be relied upon a huge amount. And you've seen that over the last three weeks, his numbers have been pretty poor. And they, without being balanced, everything is on Rodgers. And a lot's normally on Rodgers, but Rodgers isn't playing to the superstar level, but he's still playing really good and re- making really difficult throws and me- really good plays. He's had a couple of bad plays that have become screenshots and become vines and gifts, and they're going around and people are saying... <laughs> didn't oh, you, didn't you take one of them? Wasn't, it, uh, wasn't one of them you with him looking completely the wrong direction? Yeah, so maybe it's my fault. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. You're, you're definitely part, partly to blame for this. Here, I, okay, I buy a good bit of uh, what Keane is saying there, Sam, but this was the Lions, the worst team in football. You're at home, and it was the Lions, who, uh, when the game is over, they have the onside kick in their hands, and they go, oh, no, here, you can have it back, and they give field position to Mason Crosby, who kicks a duck. It's like a, it's, just a dead duck. Yeah, it's also the Lions, the worst team in football, who are going around missing extra points to keep you in the game as well, just to add more to it. Like, Yeah, there's no way of making that look good. That's a disaster. I mean, losing to an undefeated Panthers team and an at-the-time undefeated Denver team is understandable. That's You, know, you, you might want to win one of those, but you're not going to panic. But blowing it to the Lions is, is just a, a train wreck. I, I, I've been saying this week that you know, we've seen quarterbacks before get broken by really bad pass protection. So guys start off fine, and it's just the pressure that's a problem. And then the more the pressure comes for an extended period of time, those guys start to feel pressure even when it's not coming. And they tend not to ever recover from that. You know, you think David Carr, you think Mark Bulger. There's a lot of guys that have been broken like that. But Rodgers, I think, is getting broken by a different thing. It's the receivers that... You know they they aren't they're not good receivers and they're not getting open with the possible exception of Randall Cobb. Yeah, and it started off and it was just those plays where it was a problem. So now their guys aren't open. Rogers tries to extend it, make things happen, and you know bails on the play and then eventually finds a guy. But now it's like he doesn't expect them to get open anymore. He's he's lost confidence entirely that those guys will be where they're supposed to be at the time they're supposed to be there, and he's bailing on plays way before he should and just. I think he's becoming part of the problem as well. It's and I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback do that before. 
and I've no idea if you can come back from it. I've no idea if that's a, an irreversible thing or if that's just something that fixes itself as soon as you get Jordy Nelson back. One point on that, right, because this is the team above, I think, all other teams that is held up as the paradigm of building through the draft and uh, paying their own guys and keeping their own talent. And I think the, the stats generally show that they're either first or second almost every season over the last five years in the amount of players who have come through their own system. Um, it's their fault that they don't have a replacement for Jordy Nelson. It's their fault that Devontae Adams is a head case. It's their fault that they don't have a replacement running back who is of the standard of uh, Langford or Chakandrick West or somebody else. And yet they seem to be getting a bit of a free pass for that. Yeah, it's a fair point. They they get a lot of credit for Ted Thompson and his building through the draft and his finding a lot of good players. And he does find a lot of good players, but you're seeing holes from that roster that could and should maybe have been uh, patched through the draft. You know, guys like, I mean, Ty Montgomery's a rookie and he's been injured, so it's tough to, to hate on him too much, but I wasn't wild at him coming out. They haven't really found the depth at receiver um, and they've had to resort to guys like James Jones who they cast off themselves a couple of years ago um, as a guy to come in and try and fix this offensive tackle has been a major problem for them for several years now they've had a, a few swing and misses in the draft trying to fix that so yeah there's a lot of problems that are kind of their own making um, through not through poor personnel decisions um. Okay. Do you want to we talk? Should, we should just say goodbye to one of the best records in the NFL. One of the funniest records is like Detroit hadn't won at Lambeau Field <laughs> in, since 1991. Nobody beats the Detroit Lions 23 times in a row. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> uh, 24 times. Yeah. So I, now the the race is on to see who's going to get that first pick, and it's starting to get a little bit interesting. We de- we'll definitely focus on that a little bit more, um, and we'll have an opportunity to talk a bit more about the uh, Packers as well. But I do want to talk about the jammiest team in football. You know, they're obviously very good at cheating. The they're Cardinals. Very they're very good at winning. Come on, and Jerry, that's not fair. They're only a new team. Also, the jammiest team in football. And this is the New England Patriots, who are one-point winners against the Giants <laughs> in a game that they'd lost about six times. Like, Brady throws one of the worst interceptions you're ever going to see from any type of quarterback, and the guy drops it. Yeah. I think he's busy celebrating or something. And Otto Beckham Jr. is too busy celebrating in the end zone, his second touchdown yeah. of the game. And instead of just catching the ball like he could and putting it down, he's like, oh, look at me. I'd actually like to talk about that because that's a fair point. He, that's exactly what he was doing. He didn't control that ball. So everybody gives out about the rule again, which is fair. But we do that all the time. Odell Beckham has to hold on to that ball. He's not under any pressure at all. And that is the rule. Like, he totally... Yeah. It's his fault. Um, Nobody knows what the rule is anymore. Ah, come on! I mean, you looked at that, and you were wait- <laughs> you're waiting for the for the reversal there, aren't ask, you? Ask like him about you the know, deflated balls quick. <laughs> they didn't deserve to win that game under any circumstances. But the Giants, like I, didn't, I had actually given up the Giants to a loss anyway. Like I just say, oh, look, Patriots don't beat the Giants. Let's hope they don't make the Super Bowl. I'm amazed that they didn't reel the catch. To be honest, eventually, and also, what the hell is he doing? Not not hanging on to the ball, but more, what is the guy? who has the interception like four plays later yeah in fairness though when you look at it right so they went four, fourth and ten after that um, yeah. missed interception but then you know Brady looked a bit rattled and then suddenly it's like bang 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 once he gets that one first down you were sure that they were going to get a field goal and last thing I'll say to praise the brilliant New England Patriots is Stephen Gostowski hasn't missed a field goal in about seven or eight years at this stage 
Um, like that's actually incredible. You know, it's like there's other teams don't take these things that seriously. Like no, he's he's, he's beaten the Patriots record about four or five weeks ago. He beat Finitary's record. I think he hasn't missed in he hasn't missed all season. I think it might be twenty nine field goals now at this stage, so which and no extra points or anything like that. But like that's actually an incredible record, and it's it's like to have a reliable kicker like that that you know is going to just nail it for you every single time. Most teams don't put any emphasis on that. The Patriots pay for it, and I think it works out in the end. You know. I actually, I, I do agree with you in the sense, Mick, that he is extremely good because I think the stat came up when he was taking that kick that he is, was it 14 of 21 of over 50 yards? That doesn't suck. 14 of 21 doesn't sound great, but when you consider it's over 50 yards, um, especially when it was in that kind of game situation, he is really good. I do think a lot of teams put an emphasis on it. It's just difficult to find a guy that good. But I, I'm also kind of amazed. Uh, George, did you not watch the Jaguars game? <laughs> what they? Oh, okay, okay. So time is over, and then they get a kick after the. <laughs> oh, yeah. can we talk about Elvis Umerville for five or six minutes here at this stage? Uh, just before <laughs> before you give Mick a free pass here, Keen, and we, we'll get to that one. Um, I think we should just you know hand the trophy out now. It's clear that it's going to be New England Patriots again this season. They, they're you know this is the type of thing where in the dressing room afterwards they're all like, "Hey, our name is on that trophy." Nah, Tom Brady's done. He's not a top five quarterback anymore. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Have you, you know, I, I actually, I actually do think the Cardinals are probably a better team at this point, and just and it's it's largely because of the injuries. You you've got like we had this conversation a few weeks back with um, Dion Lewis. I think it's Chris Wesling in in NFL.com said said it pretty well that Dion Lewis is a great measure of if you've been watching the Patriots this year or if you're just spouting out the same thing about the Patriots all year because he's not really been just like any other back for them. He's been hugely important. That's why they gave him the, the new contract even when he was fumbling because he was creating yards in the running game, being really valuable in the passing game. And while Garrett Blunt is good, he's not really as versatile and they don't really have anyone who's as good as Lewis to be that versatile. Well, Lewis was on a on course for a historic level of uh, whatever that tackle avoidance, whatever that statistic was where there's a 0 to 100 scale and he's like 136, 137 and <laughs> the record is 105 or 106. So like the elusive rating. Elusive, elusiveness. That's exactly it. So can you replace that? Can they like can any of these guys, the James Whites or whoever is left there actually do that job? Well, this is the difficult thing. You, you probably can replace it, but they've also now got to replace Edelman, and they're already dealing with Nate Soller being injured. So they're three key pieces on your offense, and obviously they'll still be a good offense because they've got Brady and Gronkowski still there, but they keep taking these hits, and if you keep taking these hits, it's eventually going to hurt you against the better teams. Yeah. Maybe they won't see a better team until the playoffs, but... But that I think at this that's the point where we are at this point. I was going to say I think like the idea that you could replace your best receiver, your most effective running back, whether he's like a best as a running back or not. Um, both the guys who are just so important for the way they play, the way that offense works with the quick out of Brady's hands. Everything's either to Lewis or Edelman, and that offensive line. I mean, you had a stand-in left tackle who's out injured, you know, with a concussion. Yeah, tight end left tackle at one stage in the game, did they? Um, I don't know, but they've got a guy in there at the moment who I think is a right guard, and like they're just not up to it. Like they like JPP got through any time he wanted in that game. I actually have no idea how the Patriots won it. It was insane. But like, look, that's regular season. You kind of think that they'll find something between now and the playoffs, and they're already in the playoffs. Basically, they've got about a five game lead, and they're just still going to win games. Incredibly easy schedule for the Super Bowl champions. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. AFC South is just what really, a year to get it. Like I really need them to be all in on the. Um, sixteen and zero record because you know final final week of fantasy playoffs. I need Gronkowski to start as opposed to being on the bench. <laughs> um, just one quick question, right? So uh, with Edelman out, 
does that automatically make it easier to double team Gronkowski? Is that like so? Obviously, Edelman and Gronkowski line up completely differently um, on a lot of plays. If you're scheming to defend that, Sam, does that mean automatically that you know you don't really have to pay as much attention to whoever they replace Amendola effectively, uh, and that that allows you to be much more aggressive in how you try and deal with, with Gronkowski now? Yeah, I think it's not so much that Amendola is a drop-off from Edelman. I think Amendola is actually a fairly close analogue, and I think he can step in, do more or less the same job, and be good. The issue is that it's the trickle-down effect. So it's the next guy up that's now taking Amendola's role. So you're looking at guys like Keyshawn Martin or you know someone like Matthew Slater, who's basically a special teams guy, ends up getting snaps. So... I think it does become easier because you know you, you still focus on Amendola the way you would Edelman a bit, but you you don't really need to do too much to the, the next guy. So, I mean Gronkowski was already the the single biggest part of that offense and the guy you should be devoting all your attention to anyway. He's now even more so because there's less to worry about. You know Amendola will probably have some success. He'll he'll make some plays, but there's not that many other weapons there anymore. Was there a ridiculous thought about Gronkowski having more touchdowns than anybody else in the NFL over the last three or four seasons? Or like he, has, he has as many career touchdown receptions now as Shannon Sharp. That took Shannon Sharp like another 180 games to get that number. Um, and this is even with like missing a year with like no leg and... And, and Shannon Sharp is one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game, by the way. It's not like this is just an interesting guy I've plucked out of the air. He's <laughs> one of the best receiving tight ends ever. It's not Jacob Tally you're talking about. But his touchdown this week was like so gronk, wasn't it? It was, you know, it win, win a ever. contested catch, bounce a guy off you when he tries to tackle you, and then, you know, fair enough, he wasn't really being chased, but to still have the speed as someone that size yeah. to go without anybody getting anywhere near you for 60 yards or so. like he's yeah. Well, he's, it helps when the free safety takes out the trailing defender. <laughs> <laughs> also, we, we should mention... Um, Bloody Giants. Oh, well, I can't remember what player it was, but um, was it Amandola tripped up by his own guy as he's running yeah. in for a touchdown? Oh, yeah. God. Uh, the, the Cardinals and the Seahawks, um, can you think the Cardinals are the best team in football right now? Is that safe to say? Yeah. I am, I, and a lot of it is to do with Carson Palmer, who I was kind of skeptical of coming into the year because at 35 years of age, coming off your second ACL, that's not easy. And he's put in a position where he's got to take hits, he's got to make plays under pressure, and he's just doing it, and he's doing it unbelievably well. He's, he's not intimidated by pressure at all, he's not put off by tight coverage. He'll make throws under pressure and put the ball in spots where your defensive backs can't get it. And he'll do it over and over and over again. And it's it's extremely frustrating if you're a defense, but it's extremely valuable if you're the Cardinals. Do they have strength and depth, though? So, like, at wide receiver, um, Larry Fitzgerald was supposed to be finished. He's having an amazing renaissance season. Everybody thought Michael Floyd was kind of, you know, good in parts, but, for example, not really going to be able to dominate Richard Sherman the way he did at the weekend. Um, I don't think Josh... John Brown? John Brown. John Brown. Didn't really feature at the weekend either. Um, do they have enough strength and depth there? If, if one of those goes down, suddenly it's like, all right, well, we can actually focus everything on one of these other guys. Well, John Brown's actually playing injured. He's got a bad hamstring at the moment, apparently. And Aaron said last week he's scared to go full speed because uh-huh. he thinks he's going to tear it completely, which isn't a good sign, obviously. But I think receiver is kind of one of the, one of the spots where they are actually doing pretty well because Jerron Brown is not, not John Brown. Jerron, they've, they've two of them. It's really yeah. confusing because they're similar <laughs> numbers as well. But Jerron Brown is then their fourth receiver, and he's, he's an okay player. He, he's fine to, to fill in. So I actually think if in that area, they're actually quite deep, but most teams in the league can't really afford injuries anyway. You, you can, like, some teams will be built 
that they'll have depth at certain spots. But if they get injured in different areas, they're they're not going to have much much chance of being one of the best teams in the league. So often they say about the NFL, the, the healthiest team is the one that stay, uh, that lasts at the end. So worrying about depth, if depth is your biggest concern, you're probably a pretty good team. Yeah, okay, it's a fair point. There's a really good piece on NFL.com that people should read with an interview with Carson Palmer about going back to Cincinnati this weekend to play the Bengals and how it's not just any other game and like just being really honest about why this means a lot to him yeah. so uh, people should check that out but also like what a brilliant game this is like I don't know what the hell happened to um, the Bengals last Sunday if they were found out or it was just a one-off I don't know what you think about that Sam I think we're going to find out this week I think it's it's a great matchup because the Bengals get to come to one of the best teams in the NFL and really lay down that marker and say you know it was just a hiccup it was a bad day at the office they happen almost every team, probably every team is going to lose at least one game during the season. That was ours. You know, we're still Super Bowl contenders. We're still a different Bengals team than we've seen the past few years. Yeah. And here we go and put it up to the Cardinals. Yeah, but... The alternative is that the wheels are coming off and they'll just get whooped. You're kind of... You'd definitely be very frightened if you were a Bengals fan, wouldn't you? About like, oh, we're we're different now. It's like, shit, we're not different at all. We're exactly the same as we used to be. They've, you know, there's, there's guys out there kind of saying that if they'd lost this game four weeks ago and they were, you know, eight and one at this point, we'd, we'd still be talking them up as one of the best teams in the NFL. But they've, the past few seasons, they've used up all of their benefit of the doubt years. You know, yeah. at this point, the second this happens, you're going to go straight to it's happening again. I didn't see the game, but I heard people say Dalton got screwed by all of his his receivers dropping key passes multiple times at various stages in the game and any time that happens Keen, that can happen to a team it can go through a team they can get a bit of a yips and it's in, in that one game situation you go okay that's grand this is the test of the leadership and the character and, and the coaching staff to make sure that it is just that next week the, those balls stick in the tight end's hands that Tyler Eifert is back to Tyler Eifert again that um, AJ Green doesn't suddenly have concrete hands there was a great irony to that game because that was their big primetime game where they fail, where they beat the Bengals and everyone expects them to fail because that's what the Bengals do. But the great irony to it was for most of the season, Dalton's receivers have not not really bailed him up but made him look a lot better than he actually is. And so then on the, on the biggest stage, Dalton played pretty well and everyone else around him kind of fought, fell apart a little bit. So uh, you, you do feel bad for him, but... I, I think it's probably just a once-off because Tyler Eifert's been brilliant all year and he just, like, in that game... I think it was a three. I think he might have even had four drops in that game, and it's just completely out of character. And these these things happen over the course of a sixteen game season. Yeah. Okay. We should talk about what happened with the the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the game is over, and they managed to kick a uh, game winning field goal. Had a little bet on um, the Ravens, by the way, for that game. Oh yeah. Mm, well, well, actually, I needed the Ravens and Green Bay to come true. So Green Bay would have been a miracle, and the Ravens true. Anyway, but it was annoying at the time. You should have won say. both of those bets. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, with, with Washington, who killed, um, killed uh, the Saints. Uh, anyway, yeah, that was Elvis Dumerville, not not the most popular person in my house last Sunday night. Um, but still, apparently, it was the wrong call. I saw afterwards that like. They shouldn't. The, the game should have been over. Did yeah. It should have been a false start penalty on the spike. Um, was it the spike? No, whatever. There should have been a false start penalty when uh, the left tackle and uh, Luke Joker wasn't set when they they snapped the ball. And my favorite part of that play, by the way, was um, 
the outside linebacker for the Bengals, uh, for not the Bengals, for the Ravens, um, Courtney Upshaw, was for some reason turned facing the other end zone. I, I assume looking at the clock, seeing it tick down to zero, and celebrating when it did, only to turn around and realize they hadn't <laughs> called it and the play was going on. You see so many crazy plays that are just like idiotic. I remember there was it was last year or the year before when Oakland were like terrible, terrible team and they had this one game where they did everything right and they ran in for a sack with like, you know, 30, 20 seconds to go and the guy stays in the, um, stays in the other end of the field celebrating the snap as the offense goes up, snaps the ball, penalty, lose by a field goal. As he was just like fifteen yards offside celebrating a sack, and it was just like, yeah, that's kind of the Raven or that's kind of the Raiders. And you're thinking this year everything that could go wrong for uh, Baltimore has like, it yeah. Was just- the best part of that though was it wasn't just one guy dancing. There was two of them there with a coordinated dance. <laughs> Class. All right, last question. Anybody looking forward to anything in particular this weekend? We're going to get to see Rex up against the Patriots again. Didn't go so well from the first time it happened, and this time they're away from home. So, but maybe things have got a bit better for the Bills in recent weeks. We've got um, the uh, Charging Chiefs against the Chargers, the 49ers and the Seahawks, which used to be an important game, and now no one cares about it. I'm going to predict something really quickly. I think that the Chiefs could possibly win out and win their division. Because I think Denver are going to go, at best, you know, two more wins, maybe three more wins if Manning isn't playing. I'd say you get good odds on that, Mick. Yeah, well... We maybe, might have a, we might have a sneaky bet. Maybe put your Minnesota and Green Bay this week as well. This yeah. weekend looks really good in terms of just getting marquee matchups because you've got the Vikings, the Packers, you've got the Seahawks, the 49ers, which obviously isn't as big a game as as in the past, but it's still a big rivalry. Then you've got the Bengals, the Cardinals, and the Bills, the Patriots. So to me, it, it could be one of the best weekends of the year. Right. Yeah, I think that Vikings-Packers game is really interesting. That. The Vikings have this series of games where they have to prove it each week. First, it was against the Rams and the Raiders. Now, the Packers are getting sequentially more difficult. And so far, they've passed all the tests. This is another big one for them. And also, like, starting off such a big weekend, as Keane says, with uh, the Titans and Jaguars tonight. So, and so exciting times yeah, ahead they, in history. They, but they actually, decent quarterbacks were a change. This time last year, everybody would have said, awful game. This time two years ago, don't watch this. Now I'm actually interested to see, it could be like a... 24-20 after the first quarter. Yeah. You can see the Jaguars jerseys, though. I haven't seen them yet. Are they awful? They're no, all they've gold. got fancy ones. All right, okay. okay well, I'm, then see, we're all in on this game. <laughs> uh, Sam, Keen, thanks a million, lads. We'll talk to you again thanks, next week. Bro. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, all right, nothing but nonsense coming up after this. So this is the bit where um, we do mixed picks, and Donny's not been phoning it in for the last couple of weeks. He's not even phoning it in. He's a wall again. Uh, yeah. So we should talk about last week. I beat Donny in fantasy. That's probably why he just remembered not to take the call. He just he just can't handle the he had heat in the kitchen. He had Andy Dalton and AJ Green, oh, and uh, only needed about fifteen points to beat me. Ooh. I woke up and was like, "Ooh, this is interesting." Ten six. What can I do? Oh, this this could be good. This could be good. And it worked. So yeah. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so I have three leagues and I had no no players for me or against me in any in um in the last game in the last game. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm eight and two now. I'm on track for the number one seed in our league. Mossy lost at the weekend. I'm behind you by one with a tie break. Uh, you're seven two. Right? Seven and three. 
Oh. I am not looking good at the moment, though. If you finish first, um, I don't mind playing you in, in third. I just <laughs> want to avoid Mossy because his team's really good. Yeah, so you're, my team's shit, is that what you're saying? Well, you, you know, you flukily beat me in one of the most fluky flukes of all fluky flukingtons. <sighs> a lot of your players got a lot of points that day. Yeah, none of them got a so touchdown. mine. Look, my team is falling apart. I have... Um, I've outscored you by 200 points, by the way. Listeners will know that Levy and Bell, who's my main player, um, is out for the season. They will also know that um, Julian Edelman has been a big part of my offense, and he is now out for the season. Players are just dropping like flies. It's ridiculous. I offered you like Ben Roethlisberger for Bell. You said no. I've had Alfred Morris and Andre Allenton were part of an amazing running back core that have sort of disappeared. Yeah. Uh, nothing is going right for me, basically. And... Uh, um, so I don't know what I'm going to do now, to be honest. I'm kind of back to playing with all... Oh, and also, sorry, I've got T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief and Andrew Luck is dead. <laughs> so they've got nobody to throw them the ball. It's pretty crap, really. Oh, it's man. really depressing when this kind of thing happens. You're just looking at it and you're going, oh, there's nothing I can do about any of this stuff. It's just falling apart. It's Matt falling apart. Matt Hasselbeck's yeah. going to win it for you this weekend. I'm, um, I'm actually playing Mossy this weekend. So this is your chance to get right Ooh. back in it. Come on, Mossy. Three-way tie at the top. I actually don't know who I'm playing, but I would not like to um, declare victory before the first ball has been thrown. Just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the good karma this year. Last year was a disaster. Yeah, Mossy's team is ludicrous. He, um, he's got Matt Jones. He had Matt Jones on his bench last week for like 27 points. Ah. But there's no way you can pick him in the team because you just don't know if he's gonna, if that's going to happen. No, well, you can if you're in my league where he's my best running back. <laughs> in, another, in another league, it's uh, Matt Jones and Rashad Jennings are my running backs. It must be like a 25-team league, is it? <laughs> no, it's a 12-team league, but I have Gronk and I have um, uh, Thomas, Demarius Thomas, who was obviously doing pretty well, and, or should have been doing well if Peyton wasn't dead, another dead quarterback that we're talking about. But hmm. anyway, and... Um, Matthews is doing nothing but I've got Tom Brady and Gronk and they're literally keeping me with a winning record in that league even though my team is the worst team I've ever had in fantasy I have Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown on a bye this week uh, so it's going to be really hard for you to put Calvin Johnson back in the team is it? Calvin Johnson against the o- home to the Oakland Raiders Calvin Johnson is playing uh, Sammy Watkins is also getting a rare start I'm a bit dubious about um well, I, 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 in that league that I'm telling you that I was terrible in, I just randomly found Sammy Watkins halfway down the waiver wire, and I'm like, what's going on here? Did somebody accidentally drop him or something? Dave McIntyre is in that league, random ah. players pop up every now and then. I don't know if this was him, but... Uh, this is Division 2 of the league that you got Division 2 of the one, and I'm only mid-table this year. I lost this week. Uh, got hammered this week, actually. But I... Um, picked him up? Picked up Sammy Watkins, and I was like... Eighth on the waiver wire, nobody noticed him, I'd say. Uh, yeah, and then put him straight into the team where he got 1.3 points. Yeah, because he was on Rebus Island last week. Yeah. Sometimes you could do a little bit of... Uh, well, look, do you know what? Who, who I dropped him for was Marvin Jones, and I didn't look at the stats, but I, I doubt Marvin got too many in Cincinnati six points last week. It's unlikely. Should so, talk, should talk, now, yeah. Should talk about the picks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, need to, just bring up, this need to just bring up some of this. Lions plus 11.5, well, that was a winner. All day long and twice on Sunday. Even when they were missing uh, extra points. The Bears plus seven. The Bears killed somebody. St. Louis. Louis. Yeah, that was a really big surprise. I didn't think they were going to like whatever about getting within seven. Outside chance for a playoff team here. And the Chiefs plus five and a half. Wow. Look at that. It's a clean sweep. Three and oh. Thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, Last week was one of those weeks where I just came in and went circle, circle, circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what I do nearly every week, but I rarely have three and oh. I, uh... 
So I'm just looking at my three teams here that I went two and one in, and none of which were I didn't when I actually had bets on Sunday. I didn't pick any of them. Since he minus ten and a half, I mean, I just that was a weird game. Yeah, at didn't. the same time, that Houston defense is really good. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that was a stupid Sorry. decision. Yeah, I had Tampa Bay. You don't normally back them as a favourite. No, Tampa I, minus I, two against the Cowboys. I got it. And uh, Carolina, who um, were struggling for a while against Tennessee, but too much for them in the end. I think they won by seventeen. So I had them minus five and a half. So two and two and one, you'll take any week. Yeah, in mixed picks, but um, we're not keeping a league table this year. So. Well, I'm winning. Well, we just call you the winner, and we'll let you off the lunch that you didn't buy us last year. And yeah, I did kind of well on that bet. I yeah. meant to. Make up for it in Boston at the time. So, um, just we were talking earlier about Elvis Dumerville and the crazy betting. We were talking about um, all the different things. I basically had a three team accumulator that was uh, the Washington Redskins, who won by 95 points, and then just said, Look, they're only evens. Um, let's throw in two bankers. It was, it was just to win the game, it wasn't with the spread. Throwing Green Bay at home to Detroit, they're the worst team in the league. Easy, free money. Throw in Baltimore are probably going to beat Jacksonville. It's not as straightforward, but like, come on, Baltimore are going to have to turn it around somehow. Both teams lost that game in the weirdest way possible. Yeah. At least if Green Bay won, it would have been a miracle on the other side. But yeah. Um, how much would you have won? Yeah, what, would, what were the odds like? Just, uh, it would have ended up. I think it ended up as like two and a half to one or something with the three of them just on, right. the, on the money. Yeah. Well, except <laughs> two of them lost. In fairness. <laughs> Yeah, but like in the most ridiculous league of yeah. all time. Yeah. Gambling's a most game, by the way. Oh. We don't advocate it. Well, Elvis Dumerville. Let's just say he was very lucky that uh, Green Bay didn't pull off that miracle, or there could have been there could have been a quick plane to Baltimore, Maryland. Um, my money's on Doomerville in that fight. By the way, tell me who <laughs> I'd be a bit jet lagged after the long flight. Yeah, who are your picks this week? Who am I? Who are my picks this week? John, I'm going to ride the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jameis Winston. Oh, by the way, uh, in <laughs> speaking of people on the waiver wire, yes. so the Zach Miller in Chicago. Their new tight end who scored 24 points last week. Mm. He was in the waiver wire in our... Um, in the, yeah. Has he not been around for a while? Was he in, in Seattle? He's a different Zach Miller, I think. You're joking me. I think so. Somebody said there's like another Zach Miller. Oh, because I was just assuming this guy is a nobody. But Cutler loves him, turns out. Mm. You picked him up? I did. I didn't even do any waivers this week. In, in all three leagues, I didn't do any waivers. There is like a, a week 11 malaise. Yeah. It's tough sometimes, you know. Uh, it's tough to be remembering fantasy like five days a week you actually have to do it I know do your team on Thursday Sunday Monday sometimes oh everywhere Wednesday then you have to like oh, Tuesday really see did you win <sighs> on Sunday and Monday I know it's too much and the waverwares that's way for way too much way too much nobody you, bother who's your first sorry pick? I'm gonna stay with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are on the road plus six at Philadelphia, at Philadelphia. Um, I'm going to take. I'm going to take your beloved San Francisco 49ers with 13 points on the road in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I am going to take the Chicago Bears minus one and a half at home to the Peyton Manningless. What's the guy's name? Osenweiler? Brock Osweiler. Osweiler? Yeah. Ostentatious Osweiler. I had him on my bench um, until yeah. I discovered I love Tyrod Taylor. And then I. Yeah. Okay. He's back in. I think Brock Osweiler is going to be good. That was the point I was making earlier on. Maybe. I'm going to take the Bears anyway, one and a half. I think they've been really good lately. And like one and a half against Manningless Broncos when they've been actually killing in the last few weeks. Like, like the, even the Broncos are. The, the Bears really should have beat the Vikings. And I think the Vikings every week were looking at them going, 
this is a real team. I watched most of that game. I had a bet on it yeah. in Vegas, and it was a really good game. The Bears look really good. So I don't know what's happened to them in the last few weeks, but they're definitely a different team. Yeah, okay. So, so I also had the 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers circled, uh, okay. but I'm going to change one of those because it's, it's kind of pointless us doing the same picks here. Um, Especially when Donnie's not here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the... Cowboys plus one at the Dolphins. Okay. We've got... Uh, I think that's a good call. Romo's back, isn't he? We've got the return of the Romo coaster. And the Dolphins are, are like, awful. They, I watched the first quarter of them against the Eagles. Yeah. And I would have said they were awful. And then I kind of turned off that game because there's no point in watching it anymore. No, they were when fluky. you have Game Pass, you can flick around or watch Red Zone. And it's like, where the hell are, how are they back in this game? Yeah, fluky, fluky stuff. I don't um, think the Eagles are much good either, though. Yeah, so that's why uh, Tampa is a good bet. And the Colts plus five and a half or or the Bengals plus five. Which am I going to take? If it was me, I'd take the Colts because I actually don't rate Atlanta at all. I, when they were 4-0 or, or something like that, I was watching them to think are they going to be a decent team. And I, I watched like their next three games and they were terrible yeah, in all of them. The 49ers just beat the Falcons. Obviously, they've had a bye week. but um, And they can't get the ball in the hands of Julio Jones to let him get across the line. They're like, oh yeah, you can yeah, you can get 100 yards, all right, but you can't actually score. So uh, I'm going to take the Colts plus 5.5. This road underdog thing works once. What did you keep out of the books in the 49ers? I'm taking... Tampa plus six. Okay. Colts plus five and a half and Dallas plus one, yeah. Three underdogs again. That's what won you the money last week. The um, 49ers, Fake money. 49ers. Yeah. Plus 13. Like, it's a lot of scores. Here's the thing. It's Seattle are not doing anything. Just, they're just not doing anything at the moment. They can't get it together. They did okay point, against Arizona in, in ways like they actually were lucky enough to lose the game. But like... They're conceding points as well. They're not like what they were defensively. And it's just that divisional game. It's a big rivalry game. You think it's probably the last game the Niners are going to get up for this season? Uh, I just can't see them being hammered. It's hard to know. They might have turned the corner by dropping their quarterback. Maybe. uh, But even so, I can't see them not being up for this game. And we'll worry about the rest of the season later. Yeah. All right. That's your lot. We'll see you if you want to uh, tweet us um, at Jaguar, at McCarthy Mick. And we'll see you next week. Good luck. Enjoy. Bye.